committed to sharing these conversations right now while we know isolation and human distancing is a thing. And so whatever you're doing at home right now, we are bringing Matt Corker and Steph Corker to you live. Welcome to the show, bro. Yo, yo. I wanted to riff and get you in on this cast because if there's one thing we know for sure right now, it is the reality of uncertain times. With uncertain times means that our goals that we so passionately set only three months ago for 2020 might need some renovation. Or what we know for sure is that by whens that we have have most likely been changed for us. So I want to riff on two things. The first one is leading through uncertainty, and that is leading others. And then the next bit of this podcast will be about our renovated relationship with goals and our relationship with ourselves. Sound good? Let's do it. Part one, leading through uncertainty. We're now working from home. Articles are everywhere about how to do that. What do you have to tell us and enlighten us on how we can be the best remotely? I think what's really interesting is that you know, there's a difference between leave it leading remotely and leading through uncertainty. And like, as you said, leading remotely, like everyone is posting about the top 10 tips. There's probably, if you Googled right now, how to best work from home, there's so many resources out there. And, and the reality is there's always been resources out there. This has not been a new conversation. Working from home has always been a selling point for people. And now it's a requirement. So I think that it's just important to know, like we're all in the same boat now versus some of us being able to work from home when others aren't. That is said with a big asterisk because I just got off the phone with someone who works in the medical system in Toronto. And they're like, it's really nice to hear everyone's working from home because we're going and risking our lives on the front lines. And so there needs to be some level of compassion and what are we doing to support the health and well-being and the productivity of those who work in professions that need to be on front lines day to day. And it's like a big privilege to be able to be like, I'm working from home. And you're like, great, you're not driving produce to the stores that need to stay open. You're not working in the pharmacies that are providing things for sick people. And you're not, we're not working in hospitals that are making really life-changing decisions for people. So I, also, I say that just to be able to recognize the context and the privilege in which we operate in this conversation. And what I appreciate about being able to lead with uncertainty today is I'm like, man, we've always led with uncertainty. We've always been leading in uncertainty, yet we just considered or were under this veil thinking that we knew how to predict the future. And we were under this idea that, well, we can just rely on year over year profits and this is what it's going to be. And we're just making it up. Everyone is making it up. Like there is no rule book for your business. You can't say if you increase your sales funnel by this number of people, then you'll get these number of leads. Yeah, there may be some past-based evidence that you have a really good guess, but it's still a guess. It's not a for sure. And when we have this past-based evidence, it gives us a little bit more confidence. Now we don't have past-based evidence. 
we actually have to lead the same way we've always been leading. Make something, create something, do something, take a guess. And we need to stand in our conviction as leaders in doing so, and that's it. I think this is what we need to do because this is what I think we need to do. Mm-hmm. Not because my sales forecast says so, not because other people are doing it. It's like really requires us to stand in our own leadership versus rely on past-based evidence or previous experience. Mm-hmm. You know, what comes up for me is you're saying these things. And of course, like you were the leader of the Corker Co. And so as a leader, you're speaking as a leader, you're you know, writing the ship to say, this is what we're going to do or not do. And we're going to try th- new things. And we might throw stuff into the dinghy and paddle. We might get there faster. Like these are things that we're doing. Yet I recognize that many people that work for other people don't innately have an entrepreneurial desire to perhaps lead. And what I'm mindful of, as you were speaking, were two groups of people. One, you mentioned people delivering produce to the store. What about the folks at the Amazon distribution centers where we think these things are just magically appearing at our front door? They're still working. They're still picking and packing so that you get that brown box at the door. And working from home is not an option. There is not a drone that's delivering these these things yet. So that feels really real. That's a group of people I feel really aware of, of, of course, with the medical folks as well. And then parents. And I mean, the idea that we rely so heavily on daycares, on schools, that they will take care of children for many hours of the day to allow two parents to be working from home. And what does that look like? And I did notice today that the CEO of Zoom is offering free video conferencing for all students K to 12, which is really cool. However, it's devastating that we don't know when school will go back in. And to that, I wonder, and of course, I look at parents and think you are the most multifaceted humans ever. You're doing a million things, and I deeply respect that. So if it's easy to find childcare, that's a beautiful thing. Right now, it's not easy to find childcare. And I think the entrepreneurial spirit of the big kids are also out of school. Who's going to start the babysitter club? Who's going to get the high school kids to start nannying or start babysitting? And it has to be smaller groups and it can't be large, the the same dynamic that we're used to. Yet, who's going to initiate the resources that we have to help support these kids so that parents don't have to lose their jobs? And I just, I encourage, I implore, I so hope that everyone can dig a little bit deeper in their heart to say, if I was an entrepreneur right now, what would I create? And you don't need to have a business model and it doesn't need to have a 10-year horizon. Just 10 days from now, 10 weeks perhaps from now, what can we create in communities to work together? And Mm -hmm. sometimes the 10-year plan is daunting, but a 10-day plan or a 10-week plan might be much more palpable to create something. And who knows what will come up the other side, but some high school kids might become nannies. I think there's so much value in being able to say, now's the time to ship things. And it doesn't need to be perfect and it doesn't need to be buttoned up. And there, to your point, doesn't need a 10-year plan. It's like, do it because you can. And if you have the means and you have the resources to support 
and uplift other people right now, like now's the time to ship it. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to raise your hand. Now's the time to press send, whatever it is that you need to do. Like it's now and we're waiting on you. So you're the one we're waiting for as Seth would always say. Amen. We have a great client that we're working with that was meant to be in a person to person relationship for the next six months on the road. And instead they've adapted to have an app and they said, we're going to keep this online because as far as I know, the web isn't infected. I was like, amen. The web isn't shut down. And I think like our business has been, you know, I've worked from India and Portugal and Bali. You've worked from New Zealand. You've worked from all over the States. Like we've had people work remotely with us throughout the years that we've operated. And so this idea of like, oh, now you have to work from the Olympic Village in Kitsilano. Like, <laughs> yes, we've, you know, we feel very privileged in that we've been able to develop those habits. And for some people, it, it feels a little like catch up, like finally, we're able to work from home. And we finally have to use remote tools and video conferencing and cloud based software. And I think that that's such a exciting time because your business will be better for it. Mm, amen. Absolutely. I just think like to put a pin in like leading it through uncertainty is like hold the vision that the changes that you make will be worth it. And the changes you make will be necessary for the economy on the other side. And you like what you've done. Cool. It got you to today. Now what's needed now and what's next and know that whatever you ship, whatever you create today will benefit your people and your communities of the future. Amen. So that is the community piece and that is leading all aspects of our lives, be it you know, children through to our teams. Yet what I'm really present to right now is changing by wins of goals. And as someone who set a lot of athletic goals around start lines and races that have all been canceled, and I am not complaining, they are perfectly rightfully so. So start lines have been canceled, postponed, moved. And I think that the reason I like sports so much is I always think there's an analogy or a similarity between an event and another aspect of our lives. And it's easy to go low and say, I have all this fitness. What is it for? I did all of this work for an event that's not going to happen. And I just love, I feel like there's no one better to riff with us on. So the event was canceled. Now what? I think the interesting thing is this is where creativity and courage really thrive. So in the name of buy wins have been changed on us. You know, if you're managing projects or like the day to day and your key priority that was supposed to go live or happen in the next couple of weeks has shifted, like you may be used to that and things have shifted internally and, and things have gone. So what we're talking about more is like you hosted an event and an event has now been canceled or postponed to a much later date or an indefinitely later date. And what happens there? So as a participant, the first thing I thought about was my good buddy, Eric Termundi, he wanted to run a marathon by the end of last year. So I think it was November and he told his girlfriend, you know, I really want another marathon. He looked at the courses that were available and none of them fit into his schedule. And so she said, well, why don't we just create a marathon? And he's like, it wasn't about the finish time. It wasn't about which race it was. What was really important was he just wanted to finish. And so they mapped out a course along Vancouver's seawall. And about every 7K, 
new friends joined and dropped out and he ran the full marathon and with a big group of friends and it was like the most ragtag community version of a marathon. And a whole community came out and had a great day to support someone getting a goal. And so I think that in the name of canceled start lines or canceled events, it's like, how do you take it online? How do you make it smaller? How do you do it with more people? How do you do it with less people? Now's the time to get really creative. And the reason I say it takes courage is it also takes courage to really stand up for why that mattered in the first place and be able to articulate, it's not about completing it in Atlanta. It's not about doing it for this fancy finish line or this medal, it's because I wanted to feel this way. And then once you identify that, maybe you actually change what the actual event, the experience, whatever it is, is, and that changes. That is so well said, because I think this comes back to what you started with in the uncertainty of times, that actually all events are uncertain. We just continue to think that the housing or the structure in which the event takes place will be safe. And I'm really mindful that environmental changes have actually had a huge impact on races. We just assume that will be better than the flood, the tsunami, the snowstorm that will cancel a race. And what's happened now is we've been given a longer lead time. So now we know that six weeks from now, the event's going to cancel when really it could have been the Friday before the event at any point in time. So I think just keeping that in perspective that our love of mother earth is making a huge impact on what events do and don't happen right now. And I love what you said, know thy feeling, chase thy feeling, honor thy feeling. You can do that every single day. Mm -hmm, So I take mm -hmm. my vitamins every day now and I don't miss a beat of doing my core exercises. It's so perfect. The other cool thing is that, you know, some things have been postponed and other things are popping up left, right, and center. So tomorrow you could join a new fitness challenge that just popped up because everyone's working from home. So you better be in the best shape to like jump on your trainer and join this cool, like digital training experience. Who knows? Well, you couldn't have put us into the lead for the final question any better. What's making your heartbeat faster, Steffer? Well, I'm figuring out how I take my favorite classes at Method to an online trainer community. And B78 Coaching has a 100-day push-up challenge where Trav McKenzie is officially calling it the Push the Earth Away Challenge. And I love it. it's pretty rad. I haven't done 100 push-ups a day for a long time. What about you, That's a lot of push-ups. Um, uh, what's making my heartbeat faster is last week I had the opportunity to connect with the Sacred Fig community, and it was the first time where all the grads from the Sacred Fig yoga teacher trainings from five years and counting uh, had the opportunity to all come together and just connect and share what people are standing for and what they're doing and creating amongst all, all this uncertainty. And it was really special to see some really familiar faces that I've had the opportunity to work with over the years. So big love to Anton and the whole Sacred Fig community. And hat tip to Bro for being called upon at this time. Instead of it being a small group, sweet Anton said, all graduates come to Matt Corker. <laughs> and I just love that. You're best with a bigger group anyway. That's a wrap. Stay healthy, stay hydrated, stay safe, my friends. We'll see you next week on the cast.